0: Welcome back to another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. We're your hosts, Jay, and I'm Kay. Today we'll be um, taking a look at episode 28, and we'll be speaking on the topic of assimilation. Um, When you hear the word assimilation, what comes to mind? What does assimilation mean? Um, So, to take it into further discussion, pass the mic to Jay.
1: Thanks a lot, good brother. Right, let's uh, jump right in. Um, first question: Do you see the mindset of assimilation as one of the
0: biggest issues
1: we face as a community?
0: Yes, uh, without hesitation. Yes, and just I can just give you like a real um, straightforward example of it um, with us trying to assimilate. Well, I guess first we should define what assimilation means, right? So when um, throughout the years I know when I was in school like primary school K through 12, I know one thing they always would try to reiterate and teach is America is a melting pot. So what exactly does that mean? Basically they were saying it's a land of cultures and since we're all lives amongst one another, it they all all the cultures melt together, therefore creating, I guess a, whatever, a, not a subculture, but uh, I can't think of what to uh, refer to it as. But basically, it's creating its own culture, which is American culture, whatever. But at the same time, what is what is considered American? When you hear American, it's not it's synonymous with white Caucasian. So therefore, that's what's considered American. So when we talk about assimilation, people need to assimilate when they come to America, is what we're always hearing people say. And that could easily mean just learn the, learn the, the ways of the land. But in this context, uh, it's more or less learn the culture of the majority in this country, which happens to be Caucasian at, the, at this point in time. And that means from anything, from the way they dress, um, the religion, and just the whole concept of patriotism, Um, you can help me out if you want. I'm trying to think of when I hear it, like the things that they are thrown in there, but just basically like, hey, this is. This is the sports, you know. Baseball is our sport, mm-hmm. and etc. So basically, anything that you always it's see, people say I'm proud kind of, of yeah, like
1: tra- traditions and the flag and right, you know, dif- different kind of uh, things like that. Even even like the um the what's your name Star Spangled Banner. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I think a lot of people I mean, it's some people that they stand because they feel they, they, they want to but I think it's other people that feel pressured because they want to fit in. So they, so they stand when it's played even though by now most people know about the third verse. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not a secret anymore.
0: It's a trip. So yeah, it's like That's what assimilation means. It's basically fitting in with the majority within a country. So also with what you think they, whatever would make that majority uncomfortable is what you need to stray from. And this goes back to, I tried to bring up originally, I hope everyone's following me. It's like the example I had, was the gorilla glue? So peep it. This girl went out of her way to lay her natural afro because that's how her hair grows upward. So she went to buy a product that's used in industrial environments for keeping stuff together, gluing like machinery or metal objects, wood, whatever the case is. She wouldn't put this, this chemical on her hair to lay it flat to the point where, you know, she had to have surgery to have it removed. But I say that I'm using this as an example. It's because throughout history, we know that the majority population here has never been comfortable around us in our natural state. And this girl subconsciously, more than likely is subconscious. She doesn't even realize that she's doing this. She just believes this is how she should look. Mm -hmm. Went out of her way to flatten her hair for it to look like a white woman's hair. Honestly, let's call it what it is. Let me make my hair presentable to where it's acceptable within white society. And that's what assimilation is is to be accepted by the majority, which in this case, in the United States of America, is the white society. So the whites are the majority here, when you talk of um race, race-wise. And like I said, she went out of her way. She literally put her health at risk. The girl could not do anything to her hair for over a month. And um, she couldn't wash her hair. Uh, basically, she also went on Instagram and showed... She tried putting some type of um, hair conditioner in her hair and rubbed it, rubbed it, rubbed it. And she showed you she got a rag and literally wiped it right off. So basically the outer layer of her hair was just this like water repellent substance at this point. And this was. Nobody would know necessarily. It wouldn't look out of the ordinary to us because we would say oh she gelled her hair down you know that's what she had going on but for the mere fact that she could walk around a month like this and it'd be accepted it was accepted because I don't know what her job status is I don't know if she works in in a position where she's you know amongst people who aren't her peers necessarily but I'm pretty sure wherever she went no one batted an eye twice because it's like okay yeah her hair is in a downward position. But if she walked around with an Afro, I guarantee you she would have people take double takes. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to touch her hair. Mm-hmm. So with the state in which it was in, it's like, okay, all right, good. You're playing your role. you play playing your position. Mm-hmm. But look at what it costs her to do that. I heard that um the the surgery was like $12,500. $12, but uh, this um African doctor out in Beverly Hills did it pro bono. He spent four uh, hours to get that out of her hair. Um, apparently, he specialized um in chemistry, so he knew what components, what chemicals were needed to to dissolve, you know, that glue, but also it not mess with her those chemicals. But he did that pro bono. Which I, like I said, much respect to that to that doctor. Um, I should I should know his name, but um, sorry, but but yeah, much respect. But um, yeah. So, in a long roundabout way, that's basically what assimilation is. Is like people just doing what it takes to fit in. And what extent do we go? That was a prime example of the extent that we go to fit
1: in. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I'll
1: even say something like that most people do and they don't even know that they're doing as well, cold switching. Can kind you explain what that is? Pretty much um, an instance, an example of that is where you talk one way around your, your um, you know, people in your community. And then when you get around caucasians you uh switch your voice up switch the tone of your voice and everything and and if your voice is kind of deep you kind of soften it and make it a little more high pitched, and you purposely uh, pronounce your words different so it's like it's real psychological because it's like you always have to be ready to flip a switch And like you get you, I can see how people can get lost, and they never they they can lose who they are. Mm -hmm. Because if you feel like you gotta be one way around your people, and you gotta change it to be a different way around a different group of people, when are you ever really yourself? So that's that's when that all comes back to what we always touch on: knowledge itself. Most people don't have a knowledge of self because they always trying to be something that they not. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a that's a huge thing, like in our community. It's like people most people think that it's cool to go along, just to get along and do what you gotta do to get some crumbs. And I'm like, nah, it's not worth it. It's 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 a major issue in our community, cause. If everybody got the mindset that they want to assimilate, who's going to have the mindset that they want to unite within our own community? if you trying to assimilate into another community? Great point.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and then um, another thing that you pointed out that I never thought of it in that in that sense was, like you said, how much time. Are you spending actually being yourself? So basically, if someone's working a, a nine to five, that's eight hours of the day. They're at work. You're supposed to have eight hours to yourself, and then ideally eight hours for sleep. So that's a third, basically, your life of you not being yourself. That's wild when you think of it in those terms.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's real wild, and. You know, I don't know if you ever had the chance to see that movie, but um, what's that brother's name? LaKeith Stanfield. Sorry to bother you. Did you I see saw,
1: I saw a part of it? Like when that was when he was um doing a customer service calls and stuff.
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. And that's essentially what that whole movie was. He had the code switch. And throughout the movie, the, the movie was it was different. <laughs> I can't explain it because it, it it totally went into left field with... You, did you ever get to the end of that movie?
1: No, nah, I seen like the beginning. Of yeah, it, and I, I, never, I I gotta try to watch it again.
0: The synopsis of it essentially was he, he was good at being who he wasn't. That's what it was about and he had a voice and he was good at uh, closing the sale. So he would put on a more uh, Caucasian type accent voice. And like I said, he moved up. And I think there was like a penthouse type position or whatever where they put you. It's a, it's a room. An elevator goes up to a floor and it's a room where the, the big dogs is at. And basically he made it to that status and... He got up there and he was, you know, being friendly with all the the head honchos there. And none of them looked like him. And what he found out was that this is where the movie got weird. He found out that they were, the company was doing something weird to where they were creating like, like a mutant, like half horse, half human type thing. It was, it was strange, but um, basically he sold out and the news broke to the, um to the public, but he sold out by saying, oh, he was aware of it. And no, this wasn't. And he was happy with what, because essentially he ended up mutating into this horse thing and he sold out. But like I said, at the end of the day, He was not himself. That was the code switch. And people may correct me, because like I said, it's been a while since I've seen that movie. But that was basically, like I said, it it got weird. But that was basically what the whole premise of the movie was. It was like, all right, if you're yourself, you'll go places. If you're not yourself, you'll go places. But those places your fake self take you may not necessarily be good for you or what you want. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: the
0: code switch, definitely
1: advice are you willing to
0: pay mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And, and is it worth it it may be worth it in the short term but is it really worth it in the long term
0: that's a that's an interesting question why, why a word is interesting is um. let's look at hip hop let's look at Rockefeller Records so we seen how Jay, Dame, and Biggs came up, right? So if we look at this year, 2021, this is the 12th of February, right? Jay Z's a billionaire. He's in the billionaire. Um, he's in that one percent bracket. Mm-hmm. Then you have Dame. We'll focus on these two. We'll focus on because that's who everyone knows mainly is Dame and, and uh, Jay. So you have Dane who is pretty much out of sight but when he is in sight it's like people I know there's rumors oh he's broke he's this he's that in the third but it's like how true is that he's always he he speaks a good game about investments etc but um like I said there are two different places when Rockefeller first started out Dane was the businessman Mm -hmm. Jay-Z's always been the hustler, but Dame was the one where he was seen as, like, the brains behind him. But then Jay-Z started going down a different path to the point where all the people Jay-Z started out with, with the exception of Mick Bleak, I don't think any of them fool with him or he fools with any of them Mm -hmm. anymore. You know what I'm saying? Even when he became president over at Def Jam in 06, he screwed DMX because he didn't want DMX. He screwed his album. He didn't want him to be better. I think this was around the time he retired. He didn't want people to be in a better position than him. And that that's another, that's a, that's a great topic too. But um, basically I'm saying all this to say, it's like we have people assimilate and it takes them to good places too. And I think in this instance, Jay-Z may have gotten what he wanted financially, but I don't know how happy he is in his personal life because he's pretty much isolated himself in a position to where what we deem as down-to-earth people, we don't see him surrounded by nowadays anymore. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like assimilation, I guess people can look at it, but it's like, okay, does it work to my advantage? It's Crazy. Like I said,
1: what was that? It's possible. I don't think it's possible to assimilate without being kind of fraudulent. I I definitely think you can adapt to situations and adapt to your environment, things like that. But assimilation... Like I said before, is like psychological. When you when you adapt it's more survival based. Like I'm trying to do this to, to, to make it and I need it to survive. But when you assimilate, you psychologically in your mind you you, you gather that you have to do this because this is what the uh quote unquote higher society wants you to do. And this is what the majority expects of you. And this is how you make it with the higher society so they can accept you. It's pretty much about acceptance.
0: Yeah, I can see that survival versus acceptance. Yeah, there are different tasks at hand within each. Okay, that's a good point, I can see.
1: And I think um, a lot of times the, the line between those two gets blurred mm-hmm. because uh, some people if you I've, I've heard people say, oh, I'm just doing what I gotta do like no you can't you can't justify it in that sense. You not you're not doing what you have to do. you're doing what you think you're supposed to do. And that's a big difference.
0: Right. Yeah, because there are people in positions where they are who they are, and if they have if their work speaks for itself, it's like all right. Then wherever they're working at, they they realize hey, if we if we want his production, we're just gonna deal with who he is. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's it's definitely like I said, like I said, I like the way you broke it down with um. There's survival, and then there's just looking to be accepted. And yeah, that, that is a difference within assimilation.
1: Hmm. What's that? So um, what do you believe are some more reasons why um, brothers and sisters see assimilation as the way? I know we touched on a few, but I know there's many more underneath the surface.
0: Um, I I guess that's because that's pretty much what's been the standard since uh, we arrived here, and at any point in time we arrived here, rather by force or by our own will. It's like when it was by force, it was, this is what it's going to be. And so over a period of time, this was beaten and conditioned into us to the point where we no longer accepted our own values. And we took on, we took on those. So we took on those of the people that, you know, enslaved us here. And it was just like, you know what, we might as well do that. I mean, maybe if we do that, maybe, They'll accept us. Maybe they'll accept us as one of them. And I think that's what it is. It's all right. You know what? Maybe if we just do what they say, maybe maybe then they'll ease up on us. So if if I got to get this, um, if, if it's a job, if I have to use this voice, this is what I'm going to do in order to get this. Because guess what? I got to feed my family. So I think that's like one of the biggest factors within it. It's it's for financial gain. People um, equivocate to success. It's like, all right, do you know that if you assimilate, you'll get yourself a nice job and you'll make some nice money? Whereas they're not seeing it. it's like, yo, it's your work. It's your hard work and dedication to whatever Task you have at hand that you're good at is why people want you. Yeah, if you do that, maybe you may make them more at ease around you. But guess what? If they need it, if I if I'm having an event and I need a photographer, guess what? You're a photographer. I need your service. That's what it is. Now, how you present yourself, as long as you're not being disrespectful, what does that matter? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, that's where I think we're getting it confused. And it's, it's like also like, you know, like that old adage of if you want to be educated and if you want to speak well and just use some, just use like everyday terms and not trying to put on for some people, it's like you're trying to be white that's what we hear all the time. Somebody going to school or somebody has a a, a big vocabulary, the minute that happens, within our community, it's you're trying to be white. And so some people are just saying, you know what, you consider that part of assimilation because I want to be, or I am a well-educated person with a big vocabulary. That doesn't necessarily mean I want to assimilate. That just means that I'm a person with a big vocabulary, whatever the case may be.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Because there are instances where there's plenty of people like that within the Caucasian community. And when there aren't people that have those types of um those types of qualities, I guess, what do they say to their people who aren't? who aren't white because I guess they would still be white regardless if somebody's, I mean, we're talking in um, terms of class. If somebody comes from a lower class and by that I'm talking in terms of finances, uh, you have a middle class, a lower class, and an upper class. If you have someone from one of the lower classes, are they, and they don't necessarily speak with a big vocabulary, are they trying to be X, Y, Z, you know what I'm saying yeah. or do they or do they do they remain as being white so I don't know why it is you know with us it's like okay if somebody's doing this they present themselves with somebody that just likes to wear suits every day you know what I mean mm-hmm. are, they, are they trying to be white or are they themselves and I think sometimes we we may jump the gun and say yo that's that aspect of assimilation, they're just trying to be white. Whereas, no, that's, that may be their thing. It doesn't necessarily mean that they want to be white. But um, I think we just need to be more accepting of education, because I think sometimes education is seen with that that aspect of assimilating to be part to be a part of that majority. Yeah. I don't know if that answered the question, but
1: no, I did. Um, I definitely can see that because I believe there there's some people who will go to get you know further education and stuff like that in order to assimilate, but there's mm-hmm. some people who get who get go to college and everything like that. Just because they don't want to be a statistic, and they want to break a cycle. Mm-hmm. So that that goes back to survival. So like it's it's a, it's a difference that you can tell the difference. Because somebody that's, that's doing it to break a cycle, they they're doing it. They got a purpose behind it. Mm-hmm. When the other person when the other person doesn't, they their goal is to have a seat at the table with some people that don't want them at the table. They want them at a different table or not in the same room at all. But they'll use them and bring them out when they need a black friend or a black ally.
0: A.K.A. Daniel Cameron.
1: Exactly. So I think to get back to the question, um i would even say like not even we can even we can even jump off the race thing we can say religion mm-hmm. a lot of people assimilate into um Christ- christianity because that's what majority of black people at least in this country are uh thanks slavery but um They try to assimilate into that because that's what they were taught from childhood. And that's what they're constantly told that they need to do. Mm -hmm. So they go along just to get along and they don't want to disappoint nobody. So they, I feel like that's, that's assimilating in a different way.
0: Yep. religion, Language
1: like there's there's so many facets to it, and it's like it's no wonder that mental health is a, is such a big thing in our community how can how can, you you're going around wearing all these different masks all day every day how can you not have some kind of mental health crisis at some point mm.
0: Excellent point. Excellent, excellent point.
1: It's like, it's like, it's a struggle. It's already a struggle externally from external forces. So if you also struggling mentally, like when, when do you ever have time not to stress, not to be stressed, not to be at war? Mm. You know, what I'm saying it's bad enough when external forces are at war with you every day, and you just fighting for equity, right? But then when you at war with yourself, like that, that makes everything like ten times worse.
0: Wow. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely, man. You point out a lot of a lot of valid and excellent points. Because it's like, um, it's not, it's, yeah, it's like you said, it's bringing on like a, a mental disorder that's, honestly, it's like, okay, you have to be this way, but you can't be this way all the time, only some of the time, and then you got to be this way most of the time, and make sure when you go here, you dress like this, and when you're around this group, you... Worship like this and yeah, people being pulled from all different sides, man. Mm-hmm. And it's we assimilate, we assimilate to appease others, or is it ourselves? That's, cool. hmm.
1: That's the thing. That that goes back to the war. You're at war with other people, and you're at war with yourself. But which war do you want to win? Which war are you focusing on?
0: Right. I, me personally, I, I believe most of these issues um, come on due to just like you say, survival. I believe most of the time it's about survival because it's, in a sense, if you have to, if you're not self employed or a business owner, it's like, okay. This is what I need to do in order to bring bread home. I got to act, behave this way, speak like this, treat, treat um, people this way, depending upon what type of occupation someone's in. So it's like, you put up with so much, and you, you know the reason behind it. Whereas, like I said, there are those instances where it's like, it's more than that. It's about, I guess, not coming to terms with yourself, and you're just like, you know what, man, that's the standard they set the bar there. That's what I want to be, because I think I think if you if you do get caught up in that, and you lose. It's like, when does assimilation become? What's the word I want to use? When does assimilation become the assassination? of your own you know internal self Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know what I mean Mm -hmm. because you can there's a limit to everything but once you exceed that limit is you're going into something else you feel me Mm -hmm. so I yeah like I said I've I've always seen it as me in my my personal experiences I've never seen assimilation as a positive positive. and I guess that's because I do have a parent that that immigrated here and what I've noticed does come from a racial dynamic whereas there are folks who will pretend they they can't understand what my dad would say or don't don't even go out of their way to even attempt to say you know his name. But at the same time, you could have someone from Western Europe with a thicker accent than what my dad may have, and it'd be no issue. And matter of fact, it'd be a, it would be praises for that accent mm-hmm. because I've even seen it in cases, even with us, where he'd be like, "Yo, what kind of accent is that? I don't like I don't like that accent or that's a." And I hear it from. From people like from those countries. There are some people who may come from West Africa and they'd be like, Man, I don't like my accent. I don't like the way it sounds. Why couldn't it be something like a French accent? I've heard this from their own mouths. And I'm like, so that's so the the accent you have, do because of the language you speak and you are able to keep, you don't like your accent, but you would rather have an accent based off of another group of people's tongue. I said, That don't even make sense, man. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where this has been. Like I said, it's a conditioning to where what we have naturally is inferior, and that's why it's like this is. This is why I never looked at assimilation as like a gold is a good is is a good thing. I've always looked at it as I look down on it. Oh, you are trying to assimilate to be such and such? All right, good, good for you. That ain't what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When people have, um, I went to a job interview one time and they had a problem pronouncing my name. Well, um, yeah, I can't even pronounce it. I'm not even going to attempt it. That's what he said. I'm not even going to attempt it. I've heard that plenty of times within my life. I'm not even going to attempt to say your name. Uh, I'm just going to call you Sam. And I straight up at the interview, I said, no, you're not. I said, you're going to call me what's on this paper. That's my name. I said that right at the interview I mean I still got the job but my whole point it was like I'm not gonna sit there and take some bs because you feel I'm in a position to where you're doing me a favor as in offer me a job Mm -hmm. I don't know that cuts back to that scene in Roots where they told Kunta Kente he was gonna be Toby because that was the main thing if we had Roots is a perfect movie for people to check out alex haley's roots the ones from the seventy, not the remake in case you haven't seen it there's a scene where kunta kente for those who don't know kunta kente came from west africa um they enslaved him they caught him in west africa they brought him here to the u.s and they enslaved him and they stripped him of everything he was muslim they stripped him of his religion. They stripped him of his language, and they even stripped him of his name. So when he was here, they told him his name would be Toby. And he said, no, I'm Kunta. So in order for him to know what he was going to be here to assimilate, they literally whipped the skin off of him until he conceded and said, yeah, my name is Toby. And that's essentially what that person, that's, that's how I feel when people tell me what they're going to call me when it's not my, you know, that's not my name. Mm -hmm. If my parents wanted me to be Sam, my name would have been Sam. You know what I mean? So I know what my name means. I can't even tell you what Sam means. So you're not going to (laughs) sit up there and tell me this is what you're going to call me to make it easy on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's like, it's instances like those that experiences such as that where I, I've never seen assimilation is something that's, nece- it's not even necessary in my opinion. Because like I said, it's to make it convenient for people. We see the signs that I, I never, I never went there to begin with, but I think I went there one time um, when I had a job and they wanted to go out there. Gino's. Mm -hmm. Gino had he had a sign up that said order in English or something. Speak English. I remember it was very controversial because it was on the news and he had a sign up there. He's like, people if they want to get food from here, they need to learn to speak English. There you go. My my father came over here and my grandfather came over here and he learned to assimilate and speak English. So For people who may just be touring, visiting the country, that's just one example. If they wanted to get food from your nasty ass place, they had to be able to speak English. Whereas if you travel outside the U.S. and you see someone that's American in a foreign country where English is not the first language, Americans have the hardest time outside the U.S. Because they believe that everyone should adapt to them. But once they leave here, they see that's not the case. And this, this country, they wanted, to, they wanted to sell that whole idea of it being a melting pot. At that point, with that knowledge, you have to acknowledge like, hey, there's going to be pockets to where, pockets within the United States where I'm not going to understand something. I know there's people that have an issue with Miami because basically the first language down there is spanish the minute you hit the airport boom everything's in spanish first then it's repeated in english so there's people that say hey this is the united states of america people need to learn to speak american quote unquote that's what they say (laughs) so it's it's just crazy to me it's like all right people can't be themselves if that's who you are That's who you are. But with other things within this country specifically, I can only attest to experiences here and from what I've seen. They tell people, be yourself, live your truth. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's like, which message are you sending out there? Should people be who they are or should people be who you want them to be? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm. And like yeah, when I when you were just speaking, another term came to my mind, spiritual surrender. Mm. I feel mm. that you you surrender in a part of your spirit when you assimilate in that way. Where it's like where self hatred is involved. When mm. you feel like that your value doesn't live up to another group's value. So you think that you'll increase your value by assimilating and falling falling in line with this other group?
0: We we seen that happen with um I mean he's a dead rest in peace, but we seen that with Michael Jackson. Whereas um just his physical attributes he was never comfortable with, so all those plastic surgeries, which may have started off to hide Vitalago, but it then became more about his nose and his 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 hair and him having to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. And um, it was never, the, the thing about, you know, once I learned about his skin condition, at first, I bought it. But then, I asked myself, well, why didn't he do anything to make his appearance darker? Why did it have to be lighter? You see what I mean? I know, I know why.
1: It's because his... Um, essentially, what happened was is the vitiligo it eats up the pigmentation. Mm-hmm. So, he would have had to put the makeup that he would have used right to be darker I don't think that it would have looked I mean it didn't look natural period but it wouldn't have looked as quote unquote blended and look halfway okay because I remember when they took when the police uh, when he took pictures of something about the police assaulting him and stuff and he lifted up his pants And it was only a few black spots, but it was like all on his legs. But it was like a few. The black spots weren't dominant.
0: Mm. Well, I, I guess, I guess, like I said, when it comes to that skin condition, I guess, like I said, I can accept it for what it was
1: because yeah, in the I early
0: confirmed on the autopsy. I know they confirmed it that he had that. Yeah. So, I'm in, like the early, in the early in the
1: eighties, when he was darker complected, mm-hmm. he wore makeup that was darker. Right. Because see that in the villago didn't set in as much. But as mm-hmm. the years went on, the the dark spots
0: were far fewer. Gotcha. All right, so with that said, what about the features, the African features that he was born with? Like his nose, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. His hair. The last time we seen him have an afro was, was it right before Off the Wall? Yeah. So it was like, um, you started seeing a trend of it to where he's like, wait a minute, this is acceptable. And I mean, I'm not even picking on Michael because he's not here. But if you look at the other siblings, if you look at Latoya, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It was a
1: lot of, it seemed like it was a lot of self-hatred. Exactly. And they say
0: they go back to them, not wanting to look like they dad, And that's what I was going to say. And is that Joe's fault? partially, but to what extent I just feel as though it's like that's that's a whole nother that's a whole other topic within itself the Jacksons, but it's like I brought him up just to say like look at the extent to where he went to try to assimilate and it's mm-hmm. like we see people in sports go out of their way to assimilate And I know it may be a controversial statement where I'm saying as far as you can just tell by someone's spouse Mm -hmm. trying to assimilate. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because um, that's one thing we notice with professional athletes. And I forget which one said it. But he said, yeah, the reason I like white women as opposed to black women or I like exotic. 50 Cent even said this recently. I like exotic looking females. That's what he said. And it's because he's like, I grew up around nothing but black women. My mom's black, sister's black. Basically saying that's all he saw. So once he got out of that environment, he wanted something different. But you got to look at the circles that these people have after that. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm
0: -hmm. I believe like, yeah, a spouse can be a reflection of, of what you really want. What Mm -hmm. you're striving for, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely.
1: So they might feel like they they can get them into that circle they've been trying to get into,
0: right? Because they say, Hey, we made it. I got a white woman, like, I'm I'm gonna keep it 100 though. I've been around folks where it's like they feel as though if they got anything when I say anything, I'm not being disrespectful, women, I'm just, just saying anything as in. I'm not calling you a thing, but if they've got anything aside from a sister, they've made it. You know what I mean? Mm. Or like they have something special on hand. You know what I mean? And it's like you're doing, you're going out of your way. You're doing all this for what? I've heard some people say, oh, I want my kids to have good hair. So this term good hair, I don't know how long it's been around. It's been around forever because... Referring to our hair as nappy, it's a derogatory term, like calling a lock a dreadlock, derogatory term. Mm -hmm. But these are all the terms that these people beat into us that we still keep, just like, I mean, that's another topic, the word nigga, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It's like, these are all derogatory terms that were driven into us that we still, now we're on autopilot with. Mm -hmm. People will go ahead you know what? My skin's too dark. I think Kodak Black was talking about that. His skin was yeah. too dark. Therefore, you know, that's why he don't date Black women. I'm dark enough. So therefore, they say, you know what? I have a problem with that. I'm going to go get me a white woman. It's a white woman most of the time. Then I say it would be like a, a Latino. So mm-hmm. I'm going to go get me a white woman. Therefore, my, my kids are going to be a lighter complexity, and they're going to have that good hair. And why, what's the aspiration for this? Why do they want this? It's because they feel as though this is what society accepts and this is what society wants. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What I look like now, I'm a reject of society. I'm I'm worthless. Essentially, that's what you're admitting. You're saying your value is very low, therefore you're worthless. There's no need for me. So, Assimilation is never, I know they say never say never, but I don't see it as a good thing. I I can't think of, when. maybe I should ask this, when do you feel assimilation is needed or is a good thing?
1: The only way I see assimilation being a good thing is if we see a brother and sister or sister doing something good for the community and we fall in line with that brother or sister and we assimilate to that. And it leads to some changes in our community. That's the only instance where I could see that assimilation will be, you know, vital to, right. you know, actually being something that needs to be done. Mm. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. It's just like you said, there's so many layers and aspects to what people think assimilation is uh, within, you know, this country. It's like specifically our community. Like I said, when we hear that word assimilate, it's like, it can mean so many different things. And I think in most situations, they're not positive and mm-hmm. I think self-hating and it's like self-assassination it's like suicide in a sense because like you said when can you find the time within the day to be yourself all right
1: so um We're going to jump back to uh, code switching. Um, Do you think that code switching is a symptom of assimilation or an example of a larger issue at play?
0: Mm. I guess it could be considered a symptom. Because at that point, I think code switching is – a temporary, um, a temporary goal, so to speak. Whereas, you know what? Around this group of people, I can behave this way and everything be cool. And around this group, I will behave that way. That doesn't necessarily have to be within a working environment. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It could just be. It could just be someone who happens to have a friend. From another community, and when they go around that friend, they accept things that they normally wouldn't accept when they're in the within their own community. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it's just for the sake of—I'm just doing this for the sake of my friendship, or whatever it may be. Whereas I think assimilate would mean that they would aspire to be what that other community is following me yeah yeah so yeah i think it's a symptom of it but i don't i don't think i don't think it's as drastic as assimilation because like a newscaster for example a newscaster's voice is not that's a code switch oh yeah
1: hell yeah (laughs) you know what i'm saying yeah big uh what's that was al roker I'm sure he don't talk like that. <laughs> I'm sure of it. <laughs> he
0: probably <coughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, he probably sound like um <laughs>
1: never mind. <laughs> I remember uh Chappelle show had a Jonah bob. <laughs> they had him talking talking like real high pitched and then <laughs> like after a uh, reparations was given out, he's like I don't even talk like this. My name is Alton Sims.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Shout out to Dave Chappelle. Got your show back. Yeah, salute. Salute. But yeah, it's like, most definitely it's like, that's an example of code switching where it's like, it serves a purpose of, this is how I'm going to deliver the news. I don't think it's necessarily, and it's what's expected because it's it crosses all it crosses off genders, race, nationality. Like this is like a known thing. This is how you got to present the news. You mm-hmm. have to be clear in a tone in which people can understand. So that's what they do. And boom, they switch it right off when they're not delivering the news. They can have a conversation with you or I. We could be sitting right next to them. In the studio, and a minute, it's time to present the news. Boom! They switch that voice on. Yeah. If they were to continue that voice outside of that news role, then I'd say, yo, they just trying to assimilate because they feel like, hey, this is accepted. People like this. Let me continue. Yeah. So yeah, Definitely. that's yeah, that's how I'm interpreting what you what you asked. Yeah,
1: I would take it even a step further. I would say that um code switching still allows that person to be a part of their community where I feel like assimilation, they're trying to leave their community behind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. That's the ultimate goal. It's yeah. a long-term, long-term goal. Like I said, they, they, they code code switching is short term. It's like, all right, I might do this for like a couple hours, but it isn't my overall goal when I wake up in the, in the morning. Mhm
1: mhm yeah I't i, didn't, I didn't seen that happen so many times in different workplace um environments. oh yeah you, you hear like somebody when they talking to somebody from a different race, they put on this voice, and then like if you go to lunch with these with this person or these people, they' be yakking it up and trying, trying to put on the extra hood. Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever, and I'm like, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't get it. And it's like, I may come off as I'm knocking people, but I don't get it because I don't do it. So it's like, I, I never desired the cool switch. I always feel like, especially like when I'm when I'm at work, I let my work speak for itself. I don't, I don't have to be all switching my voice up and stuff like that i'm like if my if my work is solid and i talk to you the way i'm supposed to talk, i'm not gonna be using slang and all that i don't really use slang on a regular basis anyway Mm -hmm. but my tone my tone is gonna stay the same like i'm not gonna be like hey hey bob (laughs) yeah like I don't even sound right talking like that. Like <laughs> that's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yep.
0: Yeah. And it's the truth. It's the truth. It's like, um, like people switch up the cadence and everything. I've been in those positions where I've been called the angry black man. <laughs> It would be like, this one sister told me, she was my manager, but we was cool. And she like, yo, why don't you smile? You just need to smile. I'm like, I smile when there's something to smile about. Everyone's always like, they're afraid to approach you and this, that, and the third. Why don't you just, you, you look like the angry black man. I said, well, I guess I that's what I'll be then, because I'm not angry. You know what I mean? If, if I don't give you something, I'm going to voice my opinion, which yeah. is what you get. And I've had that that type of thing said at least two, I want to say, two um, two jobs I've had. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you're angry. I'm not angry. No.
1: I've, I've had that said to me, too. And, mm-hmm. and I've said the same thing. I'm like, I'm not angry. I just don't walk around smiling, just to smile.
0: Exactly. Because, like I said, that's to put them at ease. That's not my problem if you're at ease or not. Yeah, definitely And not. you hold yourself and conduct yourself. That's what you do. If I say, well, you know what, why don't you chill out some? That'll put me at ease. Would you do it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I feel as though In, in places where we are literally the minority in numbers, you you do have those one or two that feel as though they want to be the only one.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they, they do everything to make sure that they will remain the only one and nobody else is considered. Nice. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they, they always talk about putting them at yo. you know what would put me at ease if every time a white person saw me they didn't talk about the weather outside. <laughs> like, why is that the first day?
0: Why is that the go to? As a water cooler talk, they say. Look.
1: Really, like every time I'm like, every time, like every time you're gonna talk about the weather outside.
0: Next ooh. time you pull your phone up and say, i got a weather app, I'm good.
1: <laughs> for real like i'm like let's uh, that's, stop that's have, have a regular conversation if you're gonna talk to me if that's, that, like, if that's how all you feel comfortable talking to me about that's a you problem
0: that's yeah. not a me problem that's that 60 and up talk <laughs> exactly <laughs> that's a, That's all people 60 and up they just like talk about the weather if you're 60 and older i get it if you under 60 i don't want to hear nothing about no weather
1: Yeah, they be be closer to my age. They just don't be knowing what to say. I'm not not walking around smiling, making them, making them. I'm like, my daily mission is not to make you feel comfortable. Mm. My daily mission is to stay black, (laughs) pretty Mm. much, and to live in my purpose. If if you're not comfortable, you got to look within yourself and find it. I'm not going I'm not going to hand you a box of comfortability. Like I'm not going to start smiling more. If it's something to smile about, I'll smile. If it's something to laugh about, I'll laugh. But I'm not yes. going to be walking around the halls smiling because mm-hmm. then everybody going to be looking at me like I'm crazy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> then they should be worried because something ain't right upstairs if I'm just smiling for no reason.
1: Exactly. That's all I'm saying. When you see somebody walking down the street and they just smiling for no reason, first (laughs) thing popping your head is like, yo, they crazy. Facts. (laughs) It's like it it never goes to, oh, they they're just so happy. Nah. You'd be like, why the hell are they smiling? What the hell are they about to do? (laughs) That's the truth, brother. That's the truth. Crazy. All right, so uh, next question. Uh, Do you think assimilation comes from, comes more so from a place of self-hatred or a place of um, upholding white supremacy? What's the difference? Hmm. What is the difference?
0: (laughs) Because it You have self hate. That's that's due to white supremacy. Because if race weren't a factor, why would somebody hate hate themselves based upon the race they are? So, like, yeah, all that is due to white supremacy. And like I said, it's the foundation. Anytime you're speaking of the United States, it's the foundation is white supremacy. Bottom
1: line. There's
0: not a point throughout history of what is now called the United States of America to where white supremacy did not play a part. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it played a part even with the... um, gerrymandering just just where you can live and not live you know what I mean Mm -hmm. so therefore yeah all these things will affect your mindset it doesn't have to be one it can be many it could be all of them that contribute to that Mm self-hate you know what I'm saying so it's like that's why I'm trying to figure out what's the difference but like I said I, I, I mean I'm putting it out there and I asked that, I know you know what the difference is. I'm I'm asking the audience when I said what's the difference. I just wanted people to think. Because it's like when you hear it, you may want to go back and forth. But like I said, <clears throat> it all stems from that white supremacy at the end of the day. What's when you... I
1: came when I came up with that question, uh-huh. I I knew you was gonna go there. I was like, I was like, I knew you was gonna drop a gem on them. <laughs> and then take take them on a journey be like yeah what is the difference that's because that's a good ass question because is it really a difference mm-hmm. and you have one without the other <laughs> like seriously when it comes to assimilation there is no real difference mm-hmm. it's either if you self-hatred comes from somewhere you have, you have to be indoctrinated with something to hate yourself. So if you hate yourself, it's because you see something else that's superior mm-hmm. and it makes you devalue yourself. Yep. So when you see that, when you fall for white supremacy and you drink the Kool-Aid, <clears throat> you automatically start hearing people talk about, oh, I hate, I hate how dark I am. Mm-hmm. And Things like that, and oh, I would never date anybody black. All, the, all this kind of stuff starts happening. Then you see them, uh, they code switch like for life. <laughs> like it's not it's not code switching no more. It's like their their voice, how they talk. They they used to talk one way, and then you see them like a year later. They they completely dress in a different way. They hang with a different group of people. They talk completely different, mm-hmm. and it's like they didn't take the code switching too far. Like they, they like code switch one time, and then they destroyed the motherboard. And it was like <laughs> I don't, I don't want to go back. <laughs> and they just, they just stayed there.
0: Mm. It split so, up. Rip yeah. Pill took that blue at that point. Was, All right,
1: exactly. So what Kay said, that was a good question for, for the audience. What is the difference? We touched on it, but we didn't want to go too deep. We want y'all to do y'all research. You know, we always want y'all to join the discussion offline. And if y'all wanna bring it to us, y'all y'all can reach out to us, Facebook and different avenues.
0: Yep, no, please, yeah. Please, yeah. Ask any questions y'all may have, and or even suggest a topic, because, like I said, we we do this for you.
1: Exactly. That's why. That's why we going twenty eight episodes strong. Mm. We, don't, we don't plan on letting up. No time
0: soon. Heard it here. All We're right, so, What did you say, bro? No, you go for it because I'm. I can probably bring it up here. What I was gonna bring up.
1: Oh, you can bring it up.
0: No, I was just gonna um, bring up when you said someone gets stuck in um, from code switching and they get stuck, and that that that, just automatically made me think of um, like the contrast between, on The Fresh Prince of Bel Air between Carlton and Will, mm-hmm. is like. <laughs> Like Will the character Will Smith played, Will never code switch. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> Is himself from episode one to the last episode. Mm-hmm. And Carlton, on the other hand, there were some episodes where he would try and code switch. Mm-hmm. He mainly was he was trying to assimilate. But he was also code switching here and there. Mm-hmm. So that's why when you had mentioned that, like, being stuck, it just reminded me of, of Carlton. His character was just exactly what we're talking about here.
1: Yeah, he, he was stuck in that, uh, the in between.
0: Yep. Didn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> just
1: <laughs> reminded me of that. Yeah, no, that's a that was a good point you brought up. I know I would never even thought about that.
0: (laughs) Wow, trip, it's a trip. But and another thing, before we move on to the next question, I just you had mentioned something about the um, self hate, and it's like how things on the outside, you know, contribute to that. I just felt like um, you know you always talk about people talk about oh. Self-confidence comes from within. I don't think it's necessarily true. And like when we say self-hate, because like we were just mentioning those outside factors, but it it does. It, those outside factors, because it's images from, with, from without that you look at and aspire to be or compare yourself as to what you should be. And then that's what then, you know, you come in and internalize it. So I I feel as though, like, as a people, just based off of 400 plus years of conditioning, we, we throw that term, we throw it around a lot on this show, Mm self-hate. And I don't know if some people necessarily understand what we mean when we say that. It's not just, we're saying, Oh, you don't like yourself. That's, somebody not liking themselves is different from someone who hates Mm themselves. I may not like my weight. You know what I mean? I may not like um, how my anger, how I deal with things at certain points. But when we say self-hate, it's self-hate could be you grow up in a household and you see your family, you see attributes to them, which can also be an, a reflection of community and characteristics. And you just grow to hate it so much that within yourself, it's not that any of these things are wrong. It's just that you just see it as, no, that's not it. That's not it. That's not what I want to be. And why do, why do we have to look this way? Why do we have to look that way? And it's just, it just compiles and it keeps building to the fact, to the point where it's like, you want nothing to do with anything or anyone that looks like you. Mm-hmm. And it, it boils down to what, like I said, we've been conditioned to because all these stereotypes that are thrown out there, are like, oh, case in point, in that movie Bamboozle, Spikely Joint. Damon Wayne came up with the characters Sleep and Eat when they were putting on a minstrel show. And for those not familiar with um, Black Cinema, um, a minstrel show is just um, caricatures of um, Af- Africans in America. So basically, it's um, exaggerated features and a play on intelligence. Uh you probably seen it when they put the little dolls who have very dark skin and exaggerated lip size, red lips, and big bug eyes. All that's put on for a menstrual show. That was to make white people feel comfortable with themselves and laugh. Hee hee ha ha, that's funny. So, um, you, you had these characters sleep and eat. And it was... That, that scene may have gone over people's heads where he came up with that because they were looking for a name for this show. And they kept going back and forth with a bunch of crazy names. I can't even recall. It's been literally it's been close to 20 years since I've seen that movie. But um, not that it's a bad movie. It's a great movie. I just haven't seen it in that time. Actually, I have it on VHS. Maybe that's why. <laughs> but um, <laughs> oh, that's it. <laughs> but yeah it's like he came up with these names Sleep and Eat and he's like do you get it Sleep and Eat? First of all that's that was a form of assimilation his Pierre character because mm-hmm. <laughs> he was supposed to have a French accent and everything right? So basically Sleep and Eat was a play on words because it's saying stereotype of black folks just like to sleep and eat do nothing else. And then they had the whole thing in a watermelon patch and they were tap dancing. So you can hear how stereotypical menstrual racist shit is. So this is where all this self hate comes from because you have instances like this, where these are the types of stereotypes that are associated with us as a people and just been taught over and over and over again. And it's like you—you you have us to where people start to feel as though this is humiliating, and that's what it was supposed to do. It's supposed to humiliate us,
1: mm-hmm. but
0: um, they're the ones with the issue because they went out of the way to think of something so absurd, and it became entertainment for them. But you had these these images, whereas people just hated to see it. So if you do. And we know a stereotype is to take, a stereotype holds some truth within. So there may be some truth to it, but it's been exaggerated and it's been thrown into um, elements of racism have been thrown into it. So if you have someone that's, like I said, watermelon, me personally, I like watermelon. Now, will I eat watermelon in front of a white person? No. And it's just because of this whole thing of what we're talking about. I just feel as though, okay, it's been used in um, menstrual shows. It's been used stereotypes to sit up there and degrade us to intellectuality. The Chinese eat plenty of watermelon. It's documented Mm -hmm. like Walmarts over there in China. Watermelons sell out like that white folks eat watermelon, just like they eat fried chicken. But all of that is associated with us. And so these people keep getting all of these self-hate. It just grows over time. It's because they're telling you what you do. Meanwhile, they don't look at themselves. And by say that, talking about the perpetrators who throw all this racism out there. And so these people within our community, grow up seeing, yo, man, this is what our people do. It's a, it's a form of humiliation to where you don't want to be associated with, with anything that is a reflection of oneself, mm-hmm. appearance-wise. And this is how we get to that whole thing of self-hate. And you have these Stacey Dash or what's that other one? Um, Katrina Pearson or something for the Trump campaign. Where these people. Yeah, I think something like that. Yeah, where they just start hey, Candace to, Owens. yep, Candace Owens, um, that Jesse Peterson, all these people who may be skin folk, but they're not kin folk. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's because they they deal with they're dealing with self hate that they sitting up there they want to spread it because they're like, you know what, these people are right, these racist people are right. This is this is unacceptable. Why? Why can't we be a good a good Christian? Jesse Peters, I don't even want to sh- shout him out. I don't even like saying his name, but if if you've ever watched any of his shows, someone someone just needs to put him in his place when it comes to knowing his history. And this is someone who said he was born on a plantation and said um yeah, this is the greatest country in the world and they've done A, B, and C. And I'm proud to be an American. I'm not an African. Don't call me African American. So it's that type of mindset, to which it's a virus within a within a computer, and they want to upload it. This is what this is why self hate continues. Self hate doesn't start from within. It starts from without. Then mm-hmm. it goes inward. So yeah, that that white supremacy question. Like I said, that's. It all stems from white like, supremacy. death definitely,
1: yeah that, was, yeah, that was a hell of a um, breakdown that you just did. Like definitely,
0: yeah, bro. It's, it's it's just, I, we just skimming. We're just skimming the top of what you know, of what we can. Because, like you said, we'd be here all night just going on about this because it. And people expect for all of our issues to be taken care of in 50 years. (laughs) 50 years.
1: 400 years of, you know, of pretty much an avalanche of hatred and laws and things piled on us can't be taken away in 50 years.
0: Nope.
1: It just can't. Especially when you got a system that's telling you, yeah, we we want you to be equal and we're going to do these certain laws for you. Mm-hmm. But then like, because most people are not going to actually read the law, majority of the laws that get passed, they have some kind of esoteric agenda to it that's attached to it. Mm-hmm. So usually the hidden stuff is the stuff that they really want passed. Mm -hmm. They try to make it like it's for it's for us.
0: Nope.
1: Like it's it's not too many things that really pass for us specifically, because we're always uh, grouped together Mm -hmm. with other people. Even though we were we were captured, kidnapped, brought here, enslaved. Abused, then we were freed, but then we still stayed here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like we had nowhere to go. So it's like, it's it's. I know, I know. They say other other groups have suffered and they went through slavery and stuff like that. But think of another group that got tortured, enslaved. Freed, and then you had to stay here with the people that enslaved you, and stay here with the laws that's in place. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's 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 a that's a mind Where they do that? Yeah, excuse my language, because I know people like the might want to watch, listen to the with the kids or whatever. But that's that's like it's a lot of it's a lot of mental stuff and we touched on it like this whole episode. Mm-hmm. And then like, you know, the self-hatred thing, like you said, we just don't talking about it on the surface right now. Because mm-hmm. if you go back over the 20 episodes, we didn't talked about self-hatred a lot. And it's been for different topics. So that shows you how deep self-hatred runs mm-hmm. and all the different areas and, you know, different facets that it encompasses. This is deep, man. Hmm. All right. For um, the last question, um, Dr. King stated that he felt like he would lead his people into a burning house prior to integration, which is, in my mind, along the same lines of assimilation. Do you see a day that we can put out that fire and rebuild the house on our own foundation?
0: Do I see a day like within me actually seeing it within our life? Not not
1: per se, but do you ever do you do you think that that day will ever come? Hmm. And if you do, but what do you think it would take for it to happen?
0: <laughs> time it is this. <laughs> the day's gonna come. That's why things are riled up already. If you listen to past shows, we've touched on what those things are as to why people are behaving like this now and what they're afraid of. And a lot of it has to do with birth rate. So the time will definitely come. Like I said, it's, it's it's a matter of time at this point. Um, it's not gonna willingly be given. We've heard we've heard, brother Malcolm X even say that not gonna willingly. No one's gonna willingly. Why would your oppressor willingly give you freedom? Why would they give you equality?
1: Yeah.
0: Because the freedom. The freedom was never given. You know what I mean. That's true. It, it was like it's all facade. Hmm, let's let's make an amendment here. Let's do this, but we never address the three fifths portion
1: mm-hmm.
0: in the Constitution. Um, then we came up with a an offspring to slavery, Jim Crow. And we still have elements of that to this day still alive and legal because just a couple of years ago in Georgia, there was the first integrated prom. So when we, when we speak of free, we, we, we need to be careful with that word, you know, mm-hmm. because we, we're just, we're just throwing it out there. I know what you mean when you say that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's, when people hear free, they're, they're really thinking free. So it's like when, because I'm guilty of it, too. We say, well, 1865, we were free. This said June 19th, 1865 was actually Juneteenth. That's when we were really free. We were never mm-hmm. free. no matter if it was during that um emancipation proclamation or if it was Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Free is, I put it like this, perfect example. And I'm, I'm going to circle back around to your, to your question. But There's just so much that happened recently, right? It's like, what's free? free? Freedom would be for me to walk around without having to worry about keeping ID on me and a reason for why I'm outside.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's just one aspect of freedom. Another would be, me sitting in my apartment eating ice cream in my own apartment, not worrying about who's gonna come in and say, I thought I thought this was my apartment and take my life and that not make immediate change of anything. Or the most recent example of what freedom is is I break into someone's home. They happen to come home and see me in there, call the police, the police come in and they want to speak with me. (laughs) Now, that second example I gave you, it truly just happened. I don't know if you got to speak that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. so we know what would happen if the police saw me in somebody's house, a white woman's house that wasn't mine. They wouldn't come in trying to talk to me and ask me what's my house number and do I live here? Mm -hmm. no they they wouldn't have been talking they wouldn't have been talking they would have called the coroner so this actually happened I don't even remember what state it was all I know is that this this sister arrived to her apartment and there were two strange white men in her apartment where they broke in you could see where they broke in because part of the door frame was broken or you could see someone was trying to pry their way in she gets there two strange white men in her house and she calls the police. The police get there and they start interviewing those culprits, the suspects, within the woman's apartment. And they're having a discussion with him, asking him these questions. What's your house number? The guy stutters, doesn't know. At that point, guns should have been drawn and he said, put your hands up. And he should have put him, placed him under arrest. Mm-hmm. Man couldn't tell you where he was at, whatever the case is. So they proceeded to interview him and eventually, I guess they decided they were going to arrest him. But this went on for some time because the woman was standing there saying, yo, what the hell's going on? This is not his house. It's my house. Mm-hmm. Now, if we were truly free in a situation like that, free would mean that we had equality as well. And that we were looked at, our life was looked at as valuable as anyone else's. When she complained about a man being in her house, and this is a female complaining about two men in her house, strange men, and she repeatedly said, I don't know them. At that point, the police officers should have arrested them. Do your investigation outside the woman's house. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if that was a white woman in that situation, they would have barged in there, feared for their lives, taking those people out.
1: Yeah.
0: Bottom line. So it's a double standard because there's two different worlds we live in right now and it's always been that case so back to your question it's like the whole integration and integration i mean i know that's a touchy subject for some but um there was never any i mean we we, we're still segregated In our neighborhoods, in our churches, our places of worship, there's still segregation that goes on. Mm -hmm. Schools, you name it. So everything is an illusion to this point. The only difference is they didn't accept our money back then. And that's why we were able to have our own businesses in Wall Street. Now it's like they give us the illusion of inclusion, like, oh yeah, you can make it too come support me. You know, those black businesses, Mm -mm. we got what you say, we got the cold ice over here. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do. we, we pay into a system to abuse us is essentially what it is. Because if out of everything that occurred in the summer of 2020, where it got worldwide attention, to where Black Lives Matter was being taken on by every major commercial entity you could think of, right? Mm-hmm. What has changed since then? Besides all that eye service and places saying, oh, we're going to do this, they put up a sign, we don't discriminate, we support Black Lives Matter. What has been done? What, what law was passed out of all of that? To put us in a better position. None. Yeah. So, to answer your question, do I see it? Hmm. If this earth remains here another 200 years, it's possible. It's very possible. So, because that's what it's going to take. Because you figure 200 years, you might be talking about about four generations. So, four generations from now, yeah, you may have it to where... (laughs) You may have it to where it's looking like um, um, Return to the Planet of the Apes, where you're gonna have those people living underground because they just can't—they their bodies can't deal with the atmosphere, the sun and stuff. That's what it's gonna be like. And I think time is gonna take—it's gonna be a low birth rate, and it's gonna be the atmosphere that bodies can't deal with certain climate because you have global warming occurring as well. Mm-hmm. So eventually, yeah, it, it's gonna be. It's not gonna be by, by the, by gracious action. Honestly, it's just gonna be by time,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the evolution of um. Of humanity, honestly, that's that's what I feel. Uh, well, what's your take on that?
1: Um. Yeah, I, I agree with the time aspect. I also, um, think that you can't, what's been happening for years, right, is that they keep patching up the constitution and the, these amendments and stuff like that. This mm-hmm. isn't a problem that you can just patch up. The whole thing needs to be destroyed because it was created on a basis of not, of us not being a full human being. So if every law is in there and there is based on that, we'll never get equity from that and we'll never really be free. And this integration that they, anything that they willfully give is not the true definition of what it's supposed to be. Integration, like you said, was an illusion. They let you think, okay, now you can do certain things that that we've been doing or whatever. But then if you don't work in these fields, you won't know that, oh, they're giving you higher interest rates for mortgages Mm -hmm. or they're making sure that you stay out of certain zip codes Mm -hmm. or they discriminate when you come for a job interview. Like these things, this isn't true integration because if it was true integration, everybody would get a job, get hired based on their merit, based on their skills and the educational background. There There wouldn't be a racial factor in anything. If integration was really what it was supposed to be. And then, if integration was really what it was supposed to be, assimilation wouldn't really be necessary either at that point because it would be no advantage to it. Facts. So, like, based on uh, getting back to the question, mm-hmm. um, yeah, one day it'll happen, but I believe in order to put the the fire out you gotta first throw the constitution and this whole damn system into the fire and let it burn and then put it out and then rebuild the foundation and then rebuild the house and rebuild everything that goes into it I
0: agree I agree Mm -hmm. you know that I like I like that answer because, like you said, it's the, the 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 foundation. You're looking at the document that they claim is one of the most well-written documents throughout history, next to the Bible. Is how they they keep saying. I've heard I've heard Trump say that. I've heard I always hear Republicans say it. And you know what? I always hear. White politicians say it, no matter what side of aisle they lean on. I always hear them saying that. And it's, it's funny to me because even if they were to look at the Bible, there's an Old Testament and there's a New Testament. Mm-hmm. None of them are necessarily up to date to these times. But my, my point is, it was like a revised version, mm-hmm. right? Whereas this Constitution was made over 200 years ago in a time where our ancestors were caged up like animals, and mutilated, tortured, abused, to say the least. And everything written there was fine, and it applied to all people. And, yep, like you said, they, you know what, hmm, this whole Industrial Revolution let me just save, let me just save the north. All right, slavery's now illegal. Let me put a band-aid there. All right, so what about the rest of the shit that's putting you in a better position? Oh, leave that shit there. Now we ain't trying to lose it. And people who want to know about who you who your Abraham Lincoln really was, go look at that Lincoln Douglas debate if you really want to know what your Abraham Lincoln thought about my people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like you said, they gotta destroy it. How can you have something in place, which the actions of the people showed you that it was wrong, but the document that those people wrote holds no bias?
1: Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just bullshit. And it's like that's their power. That's why they say, "Oh, you can never change that." Are you? You mean to tell me the people two hundred years ago? that founded quote unquote founded this country were more intelligent than the people of today. Is that what you're telling me? Because if that's what you're telling me technology wise, I can already tell you you're wrong.
1: Mm-mm.
0: You know? So it's like there's you know there's more to it as to why they don't want to do that, because it would it would have the input from people that that weren't all white men, bottom line. And then there would actually have to, something would have to be done. Like you said, if you really wanted to get, assimilation would be needed if, um, if we were integrated, truly integrated, which would have made everything quote unquote equal. Integration, um, like you said, it would have just done away with the assimilation. It wouldn't even be necessary at that point, yeah. And that was an excellent way of like wrapping it all around. It's like these people just, like I said, they just keep throwing, throwing out little crumbs here and there, and people be like, "Ooh, look at that! This one's good." And when I say this one, I'm referring to politicians. Like, oh, this one's a Democrat. This one's a Republican because. Our people get caught up in that too. I used to, I used to fall for that. Yeah. No more. Guess what? Democrat and Republican, they all own slaves. Yeah. So don't believe one one likes you and the other don't. They both don't like you.
1: Yeah. Also, um, jumping back to the integration part, if mm. integration was real. And it was supposed to set this big equality blanket over this nation mm-hmm. wouldn't that have meant that all the companies that was started back in slavery and that still run today wouldn't that have meant that um those companies would have probably had to be dissolved or at least the families of the slaves would have had to get some kind of reparations from it at that <laughs> at that point They should be some shareholders. I agree. Exactly. So like, yeah, so this imaginary integration that supposedly happened, what did did it really achieve?
0: Hmm. Excellent question.
1: Because these companies are operating in a a time now where they're bringing billions of dollars of profits every year. And a lot of them got tax holes where they're not playing they're not really paying no taxes like that. Mm-hmm. So they they making like record profits. And it's like, we, we integrated into what? But they were really good. Like when we had our own, like Black Wall Street and different like, you know, areas like that, we were thriving. And because they really didn't want us to have equity. What happened? They right. bombed these areas. Mm-hmm. They destroyed these areas. So that that's another way to let you know that integration is an illusion.
0: And and on the entertainment side of that, um, Simone Biles, like the, the gymnast. Mm-hmm. Remember, she she did some spectacular gymnast moves that they didn't want to score because they said, oh, other people won't be able to replicate that. So, okay, what advantage does she have other than talent? God-given talent. Exactly. So it's like whenever we do find, when we make a way out of no way and we thrive, it's always an asterisk that has to be thrown there. Mm. So because somebody's not athletic enough to do something, she went out of her way to do that. That just didn't come that you think she just woke up one day and could do that. You don't know how many hours went behind her, you know, learning that. And mm. and it's like, okay. She went out there and it's like, I think she holds the most medals out of any Olympian, I think. Or is it gymnast?
1: Thanks so. I I'm thinking it might be gymnast, but I'm not sure.
0: Right. So, this person, when we do, like I say, all this to say, when we do, um, when we do show what we're made of, and we quote unquote, this is dumbass saying, pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's the dumbest shit ever. But when we do what they, how they, however they word it. They will find a way to destroy it, no matter what, because they just cannot be outdone.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: So I just wanted to to throw it out there as a way to piggyback off what you were saying. So yeah, I'll, I'll let you continue, bro. No,
1: nah, that was you know, that was that was great information because it's it's true. It's like he went from being slaves and you know they open the door and be like come on in and then when they let you in you think you're going to a house but you ran to a brick wall so it's like are you really in a better place or do you or just is the invitation enough to make you feel better Right, because if we go back to the topic at hand, assimilation is pretty much wanting the invitation. You want yes. you want that invitation to, to feel like you belong because you feel like you don't you don't want to belong to the group that you're already a part of. So you're just waiting for the invitation. you want to, you want to see a table, which will probably never come. Even if they offer you a seat, I'm sure one of the legs are is, has already been loosened because mm-hmm. they're waiting for you to fall.
0: That's, yep, that's what they do. The fool's gold.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was a uh, you know another episode of the Liberated Mind Show. Uh, we hope y'all, you know enjoy the discussion and make make sure i keep it going as K said earlier on if y'all have some uh, topic ideas for us you know let us know and um you know we'll see you next time peace and love